Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. It's the Keith Walsh podcast. It's essential like your breakfast. It will get you up and going, learn some things you didn't know Yeah, it's the Keith Walsh Podcast It's the Keith Walsh Podcast Give you energy like buck fast And if your head's in a pickle or you're looking for a giggle It's the Keith Walsh Podcast Yeah. Good evening, it is the Keith Walsh Podcast, the second of tonight uh, The first one we put up was just me talking about booze Which you might find boring, you might not want to listen at this time of the year Because it's... You know, it's January, and maybe you need the booze to get you through the month. Um, anyway, that's what it's about. Uh, this is a bit, a bit more fun. There's a bit of booze talk in this. Um, we talk a little bit about uh, the WhatsApp group I set up, and um, Mike talks a good bit about uh, an incident he had where he took some drugs, <laughs> and the evening didn't go to plan, which is a very funny story. And also, um, we talked a little bit about, he, he spoke about a shake. Um, he gave, gave quite a good few stories, and this is a good one. This is a good one. Uh, listen, if you enjoy the podcast, and if it's your first time listening, uh, you're very welcome, and thank you for downloading it. If you do enjoy it, please tell your friends, and you can give us a rating. A five-star rating would be lovely. Thanks very much. I think the other ratings are broken. Write a review. That That's good as well. And um, subscribe as well, yeah. Uh, all these things help with the podcast going to. We want to be number one, obviously, for number one for twenty twenty one. That's my slogan for now. From just decided this moment. Uh, if you want to email the podcast, keithwalsh.walsh at gmail dot com is my email address, and that's really it. I did a lot of talking in the other podcast. Um, so I'm not going to do too much talking in this one. It's uh, episode 49. What? Episode 49 of the Keith Walsh podcast, and it's me talking to my friend Mike. Enjoy. Oh my lord! Have, have you lost heating or something, or has something happened in your house? <laughs> I'm just back from a walk. Oh right, okay. Nice coat on the uh, behind you there on the chair. Is that yours? This is. Oh, that's not. That's like a, a gorilla. Oh, no, it is actually a gorilla. <laughs> <laughs> Why have you got a gorilla mask? I oh, put it I put it on for my wife. Just put it on for my oh. wife. She looks... To make you look attractive. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. We're just we're just in for my walk, so I, I wear two snoods. Any particular reason? No. It makes me feel like a Race car driver. 
Yeah, you do look like you're so well, you're undressing there. Well, wow, this is turning into one of those calls, people. <laughs> Unlucky, unfortunately, you can't see this, but he's uh, oh my god, put those nipples away, they'll take mm. somebody's eye out. You're still they're, cold, obviously. You're very cold, yeah. <laughs> my nipples are big, but oh, my other wait. parts are small because it's cold. What's yeah, going on? Sure. Hey, lots of things going on today. I was um cleaning out my um house, uh here today well i wasn't cleaning out the house i was cleaning I, 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 well i was endeavoring to clean out sort of do a bit of a purge my neighbors are talking about purging all the time and they've been taking like van loads of stuff out of their house so i decided to attack one little um kind of cubby hole that we have upstairs and i found a box of photographs yeah oh, i've sent a look, quite a few on to you and uh it's actually started a whole conversation with people whose number i didn't realize I had on my phone uh people i used to work with 25 years ago in london who used to work with you um and i just sort of started sort of whatsapping people the odd picture and whatever and it's like wow wow and sort of opening up new new sort of found friendships almost you know from all this time ago and sort of how are you and who's this and who's that and invariably gets to well this person's died and uh, oh. <laughs> i'm divorced i hate my children <laughs> start, conversations start. but yeah it's been really kind of uh, yeah it starts off fun and then it's like uh, yeah, actually it's, yeah i, I my life yeah, has gone to the shit. Of life. <laughs> we we could we could just become the official people who used to work in juries in London podcast. We probably could. There's an awful lot of people on there who are far more interesting than either of the two of us put together. <laughs> They've got all sorts of things. But interesting, one one of the lads, I um he I mean he obviously knew who I was, and I sort of sent him a picture and said, guess who? And he said, wow, look at us. We looked too young. We looked illegally young to be working, you know. And uh, and he said, how are you? How's the family? And I just, I said, off the cuff. And I, I, you know, I was sort of on the phone. I, I said, just out of prison, dot, dot, dot. And I walked away to make a cup of tea, came back in a while. And like sort of almost immediately, he he sort of replied, well, you always were a bit of a rogue. <laughs> I said, like, there's no surprise. It was like, didn't even miss a beat. Did, but he didn't, he didn't believe you. He just knew, he, he remembered the joker you were. I don't know. I don't... <laughs> we got up to some old funny things, you know, in those days. And, uh, it would, I don't think it would be surprising if somebody was done for tax evasion or something. Oh, of course, me, yeah. Obviously. What about, uh, what about yeah. the lad from, the young lad from Limerick, not to name any names, but... Uh, the blondie lad from Limerick. Oh no, he's from Cork, isn't he? His name is Lee. What about Lee? No, he's not. He's from he's from Shannon. Oh, he's from Clare. God, Lee is great. Do you yeah, still do you keep in touch Shannon. with him? Yeah. No, not till today. Oh, you got you sent him... them years ago. Yeah, I had his phone number. I must have kept it from all those years ago. And, you know, when you put a SIM on the new phone and the new phone becomes the old phone becomes, do you want to do this contacts? And I was thinking, oh, I'll delete contacts. And I think, no, I, I won't. And I have a humongous amount of contacts in my phone, um, as most people do, you know. And in those times when we all had iPhones in the beginning, everybody who had an Apple-like device, everything you ever wrote down got transferred into them. So I have this humongous address book of people that, I don't know, Sally Ann's knows them. And it's like, who's that fella, you know? Somebody does wood. So interesting. Woody. 
Woody Harrelson, of course. <laughs> oh, of course, yeah, on the mountain in uh, it- Italia. Yes. Wow. So, so you sent so you sent a picture to Lee. So it, just for anybody that didn't work in anyone that's listening that didn't work in juries in a very specific summer in the 1990s, Lee was a lad from Clare who worked with myself and Michael. Uh, I remember he went tra- he went tra- he went to India because see he I worked with Lee twice. I'm yeah, pretty gone, yeah. sure because he was he, uh, when I came back to work there the second time you weren't you were gone but Lee was there and I think he'd gone and come back and I think he'd been to India and uh, yeah he and was the accused wheels, <laughs> <the> wheels falling <laughs> off not necessarily I remember him giving me a tip for uh, if you if you, <laughs> if you were if you had been drinking the night before and you had a hangover but you had to go out drinking again um. <laughs> that's the way it was that's the way it was <laughs> this is this was his, his solution to get you going again drink a bottle of red wine straight back <laughs> drink a bottle of red wine straight down and you'd be good to go wow yeah unreal that's that's living and it's Funnily enough, I we took him out. We he he had uh, he'd had some sort of he won't, won't mind me talking about this. And I've sent him a link actually onto this web thing. And they were both yes. listening. Himself and Murphy were both listening to the the podcast. Sort of, I sent them the link, and they were both listening. Sort of, and sort of giving me a Jesus, your man Keith, he's so Dublin, wicked Dublin accent. <laughs> All this sort of stuff. But um, you you're, yeah, Lee, you you told the story of the time you took Lee out. For his birthday, with with was it with Sally oh. Ann, and he went back and he decorated the room for you. Yeah, did I tell you that before? I did. I'm pretty sure we told that story yeah. in the podcast. Yeah. yeah, we didn't name who it was, but now it's Lee. <laughs> <laughs> and that was two bottles of white wine, pretty much straight down the neck. But you see, he had his bottle of red first. <laughs> <laughs> but this was pre-India, so this was like this was pre-his awakening. Obviously. Oh yeah. Man alive, and he'd had um, he'd had a fish platter in an Italian restaurant. Oh, you can only imagine the wine and the fish oh, and the, oh, the, just the... white pebble dash everywhere. Beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I'd be, I I <laughs> would expect little... so if if Brian Murphy and Lee, uh, what was Lee's surname? Oh, we shouldn't give Crosby. away a surname. <laughs> Lee Crosby. Let's not give away a surname, Crosby. <laughs> If you, if you guys are listening, you can send me stories. So my email address is keithwalsh.walsh at gmail.com. You can send me stories about Michael, which I will read out on the podcast just to get your own back. I didn't work with you guys for long enough to do anything terrible. So you won't have stories on me. They probably will. Let's hope that. Yeah. So um, so what have you been up to uh, apart from walking? Well, it's very, very similar yeah, well, I tell you, uh, I set up a WhatsApp group for the so so this hundred days of no booze thing has kind of taken has taken off a life of its own, and I need some advice. But I don't know if you're the right man to advise me. But maybe somebody else might tell me. So somebody suggested we set up a WhatsApp group for all the people who are doing the one hundred days no booze. You know, so it's mm. until April tenth, we're not drinking. That's the that's the plan. So I set up a WhatsApp group. It took me fucking hours. Because mm. people had to direct message me their number, then I had to put their no- name and number into my contacts, and then I had to set up the WhatsApp group and, tr- and put all anyway, which was fine. 
But now we've got a WhatsApp group with like 200 people in it, which is ridiculous. <laughs> like, what's the point of a WhatsApp group with 200 people? And it's too noisy. Like, people are leaving. It's it's gotten it's gone crazy. I have no control. I feel like I've lost control over the situation. Yeah, do you know what you need to do? What? Have a drink. Yeah, it's driving me to drink. My 100 days of no booze WhatsApp group is driving me to drink. I have one uh, where I work, which is 30 people for a lottery group. And that gets out of control sometimes because people don't often, when they've had a couple of beers or whatever, obviously your group won't be in that sort of situation. They won't be sitting down at home with the the wrong end of a bottle of wine and some of their buddy in London sends them something that's completely inappropriate for a 70-year-old woman to be receiving, that that sort of stuff. And it's like, oh, no, 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 no. And just because you set it up, you often get um, tarred with that brush of, you know, it's your fault. You know, why don't you get him off the group? And why don't you get him off? the? And then people leave and get into a snit. And then, you know, because this is a lottery group, the only reason I put it, I put stuff out there was because I needed to collect money off people. So it was like every month I would send out a little prompt and I explained this, but no, it just becomes this whole life of its own. And then people start sending funnies or their version of a funny. Then people mute and then it just becomes completely useless because you do, I do send out a thing saying, can you give me the, your money for the lottery? And then they go, well, you didn't ask. Well, I did, I did put it on the WhatsApp. Oh, Jesus, I'm not on that because there's too many people on it. But, but I, I'm often fascinated by people who get so, like, like one person just left straight away. Like within hours, they just went, this, that's too, it's too mad for me. Mm. Um, and I kind of said, I explained like, let's keep it like, you know, let's not keep it let's not do the whole thumbs up react to everything someone says. Let's just like presume we'll just presume if someone says something we've read it and it's cool. Right. And if you want to mute it for a couple of days, that's fine, but come back to it. Like try not to leave it because you might have a Saturday night where you're thinking, I really want to have a drink. And I, it, it's not like all the it, thumbs up. <laughs> go for it, man. But it's not like the AA. shit face. But we're like, we're like your support group. So if you're feeling like if it's nine o'clock on Saturday and I really want to drink, like at least you can go on the WhatsApp group. I really want to drink. And then everyone can go, oh, you can do it, man. Let's, like I'm not having to drink or I'm going to do this instead or, you know, suggest mm. something or just keep you busy for a little while or just a bit of focus. And I'm trying to put up like tips every day of things to do. Like today I, I said, buy and have in the house lots of fruit because what happens is when you stop drinking, the sugar cravings and you're either going to hit the chocolate or so, I mean, we don't want to end up like a hundred days of no booze and like two stone overweight because that's probably as bad. And do you, do you control everything in your life then? Especially these 200 people. (laughs) That's the problem with, with these things get way out of control and you realize that you don't have control over people and they're, you know, they're they're in it for different reasons. And some of them it might be you could get births out of this thing. You could get weddings. You could get all manner of things happen from this group. There could be all sorts of positives and people, you know, realizing that maybe drink was an issue for them. However, there are some people who just don't want to get involved in WhatsApp groups because they're probably part of another WhatsApp group, which is really annoying them. And they're thinking, why the fuck do I want to be in another one? Because it's just going to literally drive me to drink. People are just talking about not drinking all the time. All I can do is like thinking about drinking. Another forum. Is there another group? You could do the Kildare version or you could do the Limerick Louds or whatever, you know? Can I just say something to you? Yeah. 
we're going to have to close down the video because there's a slight delay, right? So let's do that now. But okay. <laughs> while you were talking, there was a so there was a delay. So whatever it was, it made just it made you sound like you were drunk. <laughs> you were like, you are people they will want to be drinking because. So you sound like Shane McGowan for, for all that bit of you talking about people getting drunk. It was very funny. <laughs> you sounded drunk. Um, but yeah. what, what? So what were you saying? You think I should do smaller groups? Is it? Mm, maybe county or sort of yeah. do a Connacht group and a Munster group. Then it's definitely getting out of hand. You see, I think there'll be a natural fallout, and then some people will just stay on it, and then at the end we'll we'll end up with a core group of people who who did the hundred days, um, and then I think you know we could all meet up in a, for a drink non-alcoholic <laughs> for a non-alcoholic drink in in a and there's a bar in Dublin I think called the Virgin Mary, which is a non-alcoholic bar. You know, we could do something, you know, we could, it could become yeah. something, it could be an annual thing. I mean, I don't know. It's just interesting to set it up. Um, and I was interested in the people who got back to me that wanted to be part of the WhatsApp group, like people from all walks of life, you know, uh, politicians, um, people in the music industry, just so nobody knows who anybody is sort of in the, in the, in the group, you know. But they will do once you've got them in, because your name for their contact comes up, doesn't it? Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. <laughs> <laughs> and then I said, uh, I said, um, don't contact anybody privately, just keep, you know, and also I had to say then if anybody, you can, you can come to me if anyone's like being a bit of a creepy weirdo and let me know so we can get, you know, it's just all the shit that I've created for myself. But anyway, we'll persevere. Um, so that's what I've been doing, setting up that WhatsApp group and fretting about it. And we also did a bit of a purge. It, we cleared out the office here because uh, obviously we're back in serious lockdown here, territory here in mm. Ireland. We're back to, I mean, we should be, we should really in all, we should be closing the schools. We shouldn't be opening the schools. We need to be at level six or seven or whatever mm-hmm. for the next couple of, for the next month at least. Agreed. Uh, and close the airports. Um except for people leaving and then close, don't let them back in. Um, but so we've just been tidying up the office. It's a small room, but we reckon I can work here and I can have a smaller corner for what I do. And then my wife has her business that she needs some space for. So we're going to try and clear this out. And because she won't be able to, she works with somebody else, but they can't really work together now at the moment because they were working out of her house. So we're trying to, so we did, so we just did, I went to the dump. It was very exciting. Wow. And we cleared out a load of shit. I didn't find any cool photographs. Actually, maybe I'll, I'll send you some photographs of me that I found that are of no interest to you. I noticed, Mike, that you didn't find any photographs of me when you're cleaning out your closet. None. Uh, none of those photographs were taken by me. They were given to me by um, somebody for a leaving do. A sort ah. of a, a montage of photographs. Oh, I see. Taken. Yeah, it looked like someone had yeah put a lot of pictures together on a frame or something, which you yeah. obviously dismantled. Mm, exactly and unsurprisingly yeah. it was taken by a woman because men don't do that sort of thing no no um wh- what was the picture of you where were you at when you and this would be very interesting to the listeners uh when you were wearing the um you were wearing the ponchos it was four of you in the picture including Kira, i think yes Kira what was that Richard. occasion 
Uh, we were at Alton Towers on a day out. Like a staff day out? Yeah, staff day out to Alton Towers. Jesus Christ. It took us about four hours to get up there. And were you, did you drink on the way up? Yep. <laughs> because all I think about that hotel is drinking yep, and going yeah, yeah, out. Yeah. And that was all that happened, especially and when that new bar opened downstairs. Exactly. And a relative of one of the directors of the company was on sort of some secondment over doing sort of HR training or something. They were just trying to get him get him out of Dublin because he was drinking like a fish over there. So what do they do? Send him to the al- most alcoholic hotel in London um, where the culture was drink, drink, drink. And uh, we had to drag him out of the bar because he'd snipped, he'd slipped down. We were leaving on a Sunday morning just before breakfast opened at seven o'clock on a bus. This is, this is when you were going to, Al- to Alton Towers. Alton yeah. Towers, yeah. And uh, there was like 50 people on this bus. And um, one of the lads was missing. They said, lads, we will go and find him. You know, he was out last night. I know he was out last night. He was out with me. And um, he'd uh, hopped the gate downstairs, let himself into the bar and was drinking sort of two or three pints of Guinness at the same time <laughs> with a little chaser trying to, uh, to sober himself up from the night before to get on the bus. And nobody could really give out to him. And then he vomited all the way to Alton Towers. Oh, my God. Yeah. And slept on the bus, on the back seat of the bus while we all went to Orton Towers, woke up, got really cranky, and then started re- singing rebel songs when we were back, <laughs> coming back in just sort of north of Watford. And it was like, can somebody just shut him the fuck up? When are you writing this sitcom, Mike? <laughs> oh, it was. It was terrible. Oh, my God. It was just drunk. Everybody was drunk all the time. That's yeah. what it feels like. I think it's the industry, though, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. It drives you to it. Any off time, any downtime you have, you just want to get, you, you want to use the excuse that if anybody phones you, you know, I actually am drunk. I can't come in. <laughs> I've already had a few. Yeah, because you yeah. could be called in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I don't <laughs> the, um, yeah, because, and you used to do the roster uh, for me and all the, the lads that worked in your department. You were quite good. Mm. It would be, you'd do a late and then an early. So you'd kind of have a day off in between your shifts. You, you know, you yes. do. it was annoying at the time because you'd be you'd, like, by the time I got out to Bounds Green, I'd hop into bed, get up like six hours later, having not slept because I was still wired from working. Mm. And, but then at two o'clock, then the next day you'd be done then until whatever, two o'clock, Three one o'clock, o'clock the next day. Day, the next day. Is, yeah, it's bang, you're on, the, on a session and off you Which go. Which means you're drinking then from straight from work. <laughs> Every second day. Yeah, you're coming in hungover to work and then really tired. It's no good, no good, no good for you at all. It's a, it's a horrible industry from that sort of point of view. The shift work and, the, you know, the unsociable hours and watching everybody else have fun all the time. You think, oh, what am I missing out on? They're all yeah. having a great time. I want to yeah, do it just that. makes you want to go to the pub because, yeah, like, yeah. People, everybody you see is on holidays or, yeah. yeah, like, in a band and they don't give a fuck about yeah. themselves uh, and just having the time of their lives. I rem- the worst shift I ever worked was I had gone home. I think I was working with you, but I'd been rostered on for the day after Stephen's day. But I went home to Ireland f- literally for three days or something. Oh, dear. So I got home to Ireland the day before Christmas Eve, had Christmas Eve at home, Christmas Day at home, Stephen's Day at home. But Stephen's Day, you know, is a big drinking day in Ireland. Went out to the pub, ended up at a nightclub. 
got home for a few hours. My dad dropped me up to the airport, flew. Oh, my God. I mean, I just started sobering up maybe on the flight and couldn't sleep then. You know, that kind of uh, I'd been on a binge for a few days, so I couldn't sleep. And then went into work, like got up at half five to get the tube to go into work for seven o'clock. And that was the worst shift of my life. I was half dead. So now I think think the worst shift of my life was. um... (laughs) (laughs) What's her name? I know, no. (laughs) I um, I, uh, we were invited to a really posh do up at. Kenilworth House, something like that, a big, um, big, huge open forum, the big, 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 huge outdoor stage where they would stage classical music. And they'd famously do things like the 1812 overture with the cannons, you know, what was the deal? Who were you with? Was it, was this because your, your wife worked as with? No, politician this, people. No, this is no, hotel no, this thing. Is a, no, this is a buddy of mine who married um, a lady, and it was her thirtieth birthday, and she did write this up. And she's very prim and proper, lovely woman, Claire. And she said, "Well, let's all go to this place." And uh, I was going, "North London. I've got to be in work at seven o'clock tomorrow morning." I finished at three, and uh, I thought, "Right, we'll just go up for maybe half an hour." sit with them it was one of these so you bring a blanket and you bring a little picnic with you and all that sort of stuff so off we went anyway and i said to sally ann um listen somebody left some drugs <laughs> in our house and um somebody told me it was a great idea to put the 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 the, the drugs the cannabis um yeah. let's just qualify the drugs because like you know it's cannabis it's it wasn't yeah. heroin no Okay. Um, and somebody had left them in the house and I thought oh you know that might be useful for somebody one day and uh, somebody said listen whatever you're going to do store them in orange peel to keep it moist and I thought okay that sounds like a plan so I did and I said to Sally Ann I said listen you know what we should do is we probably have that and um, we could um, maybe have it on the bus ride up because it was way up north London it took about an hour and a half two hours to get up buses and tubes and all sorts of stuff yeah and um, Sally Ann said, that's a great idea. I'll go to High Street Kensington. I'll go and buy a hamper from Marks and Spencer's. We'll buy you one a bottle of champagne and we'll bring a nice pack and we'll buy. She was particularly fond, this woman, of galaxy chocolate. So we bought some galaxy chocolate and all sorts of like goodies and, you know, dipped chocolate strawberries and like, you know, little oh, all manner of like posh food, olives and stuff. And um, I said, listen, we'll, we'll, we'll bring up this stuff with us. Yeah. And uh, if somebody wants it, they can have it. So um, I said, listen, we'll, we'll, we might as well have a little taste of it, maybe on the way up and eat it with maybe a cube of chocolate or something. And uh, <laughs> we're, <laughs> we're on this bus and we ate it. And it was quite a lump. And I, I wasn't really not, you know, sure of the facts and figures. I'm no doctor and yeah. this stuff isn't exactly prescribed. And all of a sudden it hits me and I'm completely off my tree. And we ate between us all the food and a kilo bar of uh, galaxy and, <laughs> and, and the champagne that we'd bought off on the bus. And we're sitting on the bus. And I remember thinking, 
oh, that looks like, that looks fun over there. It looks like there's some sort of like philharmonic orchestra in the middle of a field. It's like, oh shit, that's where we should be getting off. <laughs> Drove past this place, got off it. Of course, it was in the days before phones. I'd lost the map of the where will to live. Said, yeah, well, it was the, the, the map. It was a very specific map of where you're going to sit because this is an outdoor gig. So it's like trying to find somebody at, you know, sort of Glastonbury. There were thousands of people there not knowing where they were and not knowing what gate we went into. So we spent about two hours looking for them, got to them for the uh, the finale, and then I passed out. And, uh, yeah, the, the lady whose birthday it was had a complete sense of humour failure. And uh, we played to her. She said, I'm, I'm going to give you a lift home. And she did. And then I started, there was some fella in the middle between myself and Sunny Ann in the back seat of this little 2CV. And I started rubbing his leg, thinking of Sally Ann. <laughs> <laughs> and he had a sense of humour failure. And uh, yeah, she fucked us out in the centre of London, like outside the Savoy. Fuck off. Oh my God. I can understand why, I suppose. Yeah, but it wasn't my fault. <laughs> Was yeah. the, what was fault was it? I don't know. Drugs. The drugs. The drugs don't work, Mike. You should know that. <laughs> they really do. But uh, yeah, but it was it was terrible. It was uh, it's one of those things. And uh, you talk about going into. I went into work then. It was about one o'clock in the morning. I think she she dropped us off. Yeah. And uh, I was on an early shift, and I managed to make it. And it was a really busy Sunday morning. And I know we've talked about Sunday mornings before, and it was just wall-to-wall people getting thick about, you know, I was overcharged and this, that, the other. And we went to Phantom of the Opera last night. We had to sit behind a post. <laughs> it fell in front of my wife, had big curly hair, so we couldn't see anything. It was like, oh, Jesus. And then out of nowhere, literally out of nowhere, one of my buddies rings me, a guy I hadn't met for years. And I don't know why this comp where this story is coming from. But anyway, this is what this is how it happened. Um, I get this phone call. Are you are you able to accept a phone call? Yes, I'm able to accept a phone call. Yes, this is a Leeds police station. Okay. And I'm thinking, oh, Jesus, what's going on? And my buddy had been uh, done for drink driving. Oh, Jesus. And he said to he's, he's on the phone crying, going, Do you know a solicitor? And I go, No. They've taken my my belt and my lace is off me and they say I'm drunk and they're treating me like a criminal I said Ed I'm too hungover to deal with this shit see you later <laughs> apparently that was his one phone call <laughs> oh my god <laughs> best day ever oh yeah, yeah. So of course what... I went home didn't even remember it. But two weeks later, you get this phone call from you, fucker. <laughs> Thanks a lot. Yeah. My God, what was the fear that day like in work, after work, going home? Holy shit. No, completely oblivious. Just wanted to go to bed. <clears throat> Forgot everything. Had to spend a week groveling to people, but completely forgot about this phone call. Oh, wow. Yeah, completely forgot. And then, like, literally, as I say, you rang me up two weeks later and said, you were, you you know. That was my one phone call. You were my call in my time of need. Yeah. My God. Don't ever sign up to work for the Samaritans. I know. Yeah, yeah. I know. Don't. Yeah. Don't go there. Jesus. Um, Yeah. 
I, I, you know, anyway. The, I'm sure you'd be great doing that, though, Williams. I'm trained. I'm a sister. You are. You are. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, that's pretty bad. That is pretty bad. It's funny that we like this is the start of. I started off talking about 300 days of no booze, and we went on to talk about being so drunk that we couldn't go to work well hey look at we we still turned up do you know what i mean oh we did yeah yeah but that was that again that was ridiculous that we did turn up i was in no condition to be at work but you wouldn't be like the thing about the hotel industry and some hotels in particular maybe you wouldn't be sent home oh no god no it wouldn't matter how bad you were no no you'd be sideways Um, i remember there was a guy who used to do night audit and i'm pretty sure he was always either still drunk or just getting yeah but you but you didn't have the luxury of sending people home or picking you know the right staff for doing it It would just be like oh he'll do especially on nights and i mean i worked nights um in a little hotel i worked with a uh with two chronic alcoholics um two um, professional professional gamblers one fellow who was elf robbing stuff during my shift cars and stuff to order I mean these are people who you know they they lived this double life they would come into work and realize you know I was a soft touch they'd give me a couple of quid and say listen just cover me for the next three or four hours and I would do sometimes they didn't come back and I began to listen to the head concierge listen there he went home there about three o'clock this morning, wasn't feeling too well. You know, I thought he'd better to get him out before the early breakfasts and it got busy, you know. So I'd imagine night shift in a hotel that you'd get that type of character. You do, yeah. Terrible stories of people who, you know, couldn't get hold of their addictions, be it gambling or drink or drugs or whatever, you know. And um, it was awful. I, I had to do nights because in those days you couldn't do days if you didn't do nights or oh, you had to if do you your time kind of yeah, yeah yeah you had to do a, a stage or whatever and yeah it was very interesting um however having said that the one professional gambler that i knew um was actually he was unbelievable he would he would order all the newspapers he'd have his almanacs around him he'd have all the paperwork out in the lobby and um he started off like with two thousand pounds a year <clears throat> in an account and would do the form every day and look at every horse, every race, every meeting on paper, of course, no internet, do it, and then sort of go, no, no bets today. Wow. And then, you know, one day he might do another bet, which might be a tenner on the head or whatever, or in each way, and, and you know, take it from there. But he was, he, and he was up, when I left him, he was up sort of eighteen or 19,000. Wow. Yeah, which is a lot of money. But of course, you know, I'd say he just blew it again because he didn't have a pot to piss in. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? And it's just, that, that's what happens. They go chasing it. Yeah. Yeah, if you start losing then. Yeah. Jesus, yeah. I couldn't imagine. It's actually giving me, a, 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 stress me out just thinking about it. It is very stressful, yeah. Mike. Well, people living on a life edge. I have a list of um, names here. Hmm. Shade, Cheryl yeah. Crow. Actually, I think... I've got poi. I think I'd like to hear from. I'd, I'd like to hear about Shade or Cheryl Crow. I think. Um, all I can say about Shade is, um, apart from your love is king, 
she didn't tip. Okay. Beautiful, I presume. Absolutely gorgeous. Really, really nice. Um, but because she was at sort of the height of her fame at the time, um, normally I'd be going, this is a hotel, another hotel that I worked in, and I was on, on the bags. And normally I would be on the bags and with the person and taking them to the room and rooming them and all this sort of... But the general manager took it upon himself that he wanted to be one of these, you know, star, as we call them, star fuckers. That's yeah. The, the thing. So he wanted to lick, lick her whole. Not, not, yeah, 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 not, not physically. No, yes. no, yeah, yeah. Uh, yes, he was one of them. And uh, whenever anybody shiny turned up, he was all over them like a cheap suit. So, uh, you, you know, I couldn't have access. I couldn't do the old, oh, I love you. I loved your first album mm. type of thing, you know. And uh, where are you playing tonight? Give I, I love tickets. I love your big hoopy earrings. Yeah, yeah, I did as well. And a sort of turned back hair that's really tightly sort of put back in one of those bones. And a big, yeah, yeah, the big hoopy earrings. So. <laughs> Your love is key. Your love is key. Um, Cheryl Crow, though. Cheryl Crow. Now, Cheryl Crow. I like Cheryl Crow. Um, particularly like that song if it makes you happy did you know something i found out recently that cheryl crow released a song was it cheryl crow uh billy likes a beer buzz early in the morning yeah 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 that's um it's a famous billy poem. Likes a beer buzz early in the morning um billy makes the back he, he does the wrappers on his bottles of bud yeah is that a poem it's a poem that she put to music. Okay. Uh, you, you tell me about Cheryl and I'll have a look. Well, that song you're talking about, actually, was her big sort of release hit. And uh, she was over doing a load of um, stuff for it, a load of promotional Promo, stuff. Promo, yeah. Promo is right. <clears throat> and... I used to wonder, they had all these handlers and people looking after them, whatever, but their planning was always so shit, you know? So she was doing, um, oh, the big breakfast with Chris Evans and the beautiful. Yeah. Yeah, and the beautiful? Uh, blonde lady whose name I've just forgotten. Gabby. Gabby Roslin. Gabby Roslin. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And um, she, she came down to the lobby um the night before and said could you order me a taxi i'm going to do the big breakfast i'm going to go in there sing a song and then i'm gonna go to the airport i said yeah great i said um i'll tell you what just tell the lads and they'll have your bags down and everything so you can just do it in one hit the mm. taxi will wait for you oh no 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 the plan is that i do the big breakfast then i come back here and because we're the right side of town for Heathrow, I'll get another taxi. I said, you know, that's, you know, what time is your flight? It's like 9.30 or 10 o'clock in the morning. I said, you're, you're really pushing it to get there, you know? And um, she was like, no, 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 I'll be fine. I'll be fine. I said, oh, well, I'll be here in the morning anyway. If, it, if anything goes pear-shaped, you can, you know, shout at me or whatever. Or we can, there was a concierge at Heathrow Airport where we could phone up. And uh, he was very useful and he could put people on different flights for us and stuff. So anyway, with that in mind, I went home, completely forgot about it, get into work the next morning, completely oblivious to the situation. In runs Cheryl Crow, very small woman, very, 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 very small woman. Mike, you got to help me pack. I forgot to fucking pack. <laughs> oh, 
So I said, where's your taxi? I let him go. I couldn't, he couldn't wait for me, man. I, I got to fucking pack. I got to get to the airport. And I said, well, why don't we just put you on the next flight? I got to get to the airport. I got to make it. I got to do some show or whatever. I was like, oh, fucking hell, here we go. So legged it up to a room, got into the room and like not complete, you know, when people say, help me pack, she had put all of her stuff into drawers and stuff. She'd like, you know, completely unpacked. And it was like, oh my God. Oh, Jesus Christ. Nobody unpacks. No, nobody does. And she'd like throwing all of her smalls and everything into a bang and doing this and stuff. And she'd go, oh, all right. And um, I said, how was this thing this morning? She said, great, really great fun, but I got to go to the airport, man. I got to go to the airport. And uh, she's got this big bag on her sort of underarm and she's saying uh, oh, I can't fit this in it's gonna break I can't fit it in and uh, Mike you've been so great here it is so she gave me a big breakfast cereal bowl mug and a side plate as a Brilliant. tip yeah so I still have the side I got I don't know where the mug is I went looking for it the other day probably purged it years ago but I still have a side plate and a cereal bowl with the big breakfast written on it. Must be worth money. Prized possessions at the time as well, because that was that yeah. was. I mean, the big breakfast was that was the show. I remember the big that show. That was I loved the big breakfast. So what was that song? Yes. Yeah, so um, the poem. So this is Cheryl Crow. I think the song, the poem is called "Fun" by a poet called Win Cooper. There's an article here. Um, you must remember that great song from 1994, the Cheryl Cole ditty that won her two Grammys for Record of the Year and Best Female Pop Vocal Performance. The song starts off with a two-note guitar riff with Cheryl voicing the words, hit it. This ain't no disco. This ain't no country club either. This is L.A. Does that ring a bell mm. to you? Yeah. She says, uh, we were jamming in the studio and I picked up this poem in a book. The first line was, all I want to do is have some fun. It encapsulated That's what was it. going on in L.A. It a real extreme feeling of apathy and defeat, uh, but it masked, but masked by this light pop ditty. ditty. Um, so this guy, yeah, this guy, uh, his name is Wynn Cooper. Uh, I wrote a poem, which I called Fun. I sent it into many magazines for publication with no luck. Um, and uh, yeah, so... This, the producer, Cheryl Crow's producer, picked, found a copy of this, um, a used copy of Cliff's books in Pasadena and uh, took it back to Cheryl and asked her to sing fun to the music. And that was it. So, and the poem goes, there's a part of the song and this is the poem. A happy couple enters the bar dangerously close, to, close one to one another. Yeah. Like this is a motel, but they clean up their act when we give them a look. One quick beer and they're out down the road. And in the next state, for all I care, smiling like idiots. We cover sports and politics. And once when Billy burns his thumb and lets out a yelp, the bartender looks up from his want ads. It's a real kind of. Uh, it's The poem is supposed to be real kind of shitty, uh, like L.A. is a real shit place. But uh, the song makes it sound very happy. There you go. Yeah. And she's talking about Burns. He 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 strips the. He beer. strips the label off the, bo- yes, beer the bottle, bottle of yeah. bud, and then he um, he lights the matches, and burns each one down to his fingertip. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So there that you bizarre. go. And yeah, she looks very nice. Very small, very big guitar, and the big breakfast. The big breakfast. Wow. And you got a you got a ball out of it. 
Yeah, got a set. It was like it was in a it was in a proper box, like with the uh, blue and yellow. Everything on that program was blue and yellow. Yeah, it was lovely. Best tip ever? Was that your best tip ever? No, Old Bay seasoning was my best tip ever. Oh yes, I think you said that before. Do you know yeah. what? Do you know what, Mike? What? There's a guy called Julian who's my friend, and he listens to this podcast. I mentioned oh, yeah. him before. He lives in um, he lives in America. I think he oh. lives in Cle- Cleveland. I think Ohio. Um, so he's sending me some some of your special stuff. Wow! Yeah. No, he's sending it to me. Uh, I okay. don't think he had your address. Send it on to me. <laughs> well, yeah. Are, we, are you low on? Are you low on supplies? I am. You have to buy it off the internet. That internet thing. Ah, so he said he got in touch with me before Christmas after listening to the podcast, and he said I'll send you over some. Um. So. Yeah, I'll, I'll have to. I'll, I'll go halves with you. Maybe he, maybe he'll send a bottle, a bottle for you too. Well, it comes in a kind of tin, like mustard. <laughs> maybe he'll send a tin for you too. I'll decant half it and send it to you in another tin. If you're listening, uh, Julian, you can you can look me up on Twitter and uh, DM me. That's what people say. That they can yeah, yeah, DM yeah. me, and I'll send you my air code. What, what's your name on Twitter again? Uh, at MJP Marin. There you go. Julian, you can yeah. find him. Yeah, you can find me, guy. And if Old Bay wanna, you know, step up and sponsor this <laughs> belt away, lads. Did you, you enough time? Did you ever get like a a big wad of cash off anybody? Yeah. Uh, but you don't want to talk about it. <laughs> no, um I I don't know whether I mentioned this to you or not, but we had a very, very um wealthy um shake who used to come and stay with us okay um in 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 um in the capital did i i don't know whether i've mentioned this to you or not or whether i've it's something i've i've was it shake before. um shake rattle and roll no sorry it's a very poor joke i couldn't help it myself very culturally insensitive yeah probably yeah yeah um, oh, th- oh keith that is so tone deaf <laughs> So turned. <laughs> but um, we, I had a really, really, really clever boss um, who uh, could make money out of any situation. Now, stop me if I've told you this before, but this, you have to imagine you come out of a lift on the ground floor as a guest in this hotel, right? And you've got to walk about 40 feet diagonally across the lobby to the front door where there's a set of steps. And this shake, we had done everything for him for a couple of weeks. I'm, I sh- I'm sure I've told you this before. Sounds familiar to me. not you. ringing a bell right now. Just in my head. Keep going. Okay, keep going. Cool. I think people like okay. to hear your, would like to hear your stories twice. Anyway. I don't, yeah, just for continuity. So we had done everything for this fella literally you name it we'd done it um and actually i'd accompanied him uh, with a guy another luggage porter to go shopping in harrods where he used to go shopping with a personal shopper and the personal shopper would size his neck his arm for suits um waist leg feet everything get the details of his wife and anybody else he wanted to buy for 
and he would just walk around with this personal shopper and the personal shopper would write down his requests. So he'd be like walking past Gucci going, eh, two <laughs> shoes, eh, two, two pair. Uh, walk into Ralph Lauren and look at all the, the Ralph Lauren polo t-shirts and go one of each for me, one of each for my son, whatever. And myself and this other guy, Tony, were like, yeah, and uh, we're Excel. <laughs> Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Because he was buying so much stuff. He had so much money. I got a pair of Gucci shoes. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Your man got about 17. I think he got 17 Ralph Lauren t-shirts. Oh, my God. um, But that's an aside. So, you know, this guy was a high flyer in every single way, shape and form. Everywhere he went, he wanted somebody to go with him. Um, And, you know, he'd go out for dinner and he'd say, you come with me in taxi and I will go and then I will send you back. And, And like... You're sitting there going, there's other people here. But the head girls here should be just going, go with him, go with him. You'll get 50, <laughs> 50 pounds off of this guy for going for a taxi ride to the restaurant, open the door for him and say, this is Mr. Sheikh Al whatever, and come back again. And he'll probably give us a call later on to go and collect him. He was unbelievable. So um, Bob had set it up um, uh, and we realised that he was leaving at about 10 o'clock on, let's say, a Tuesday morning. So Bob... Um, the head concierge had literally exhumed people, dragged everybody in on their days off <coughs> to be there. Um, literally, um, he was going, Bob was seen the day before going through the uniform cupboard. So uh, nobody knew what he was at. Bob knew what he was at. So as you came out of the lift, as Mr. Sheikh Al, whatever his name was, came out of the lift, he had uh, a chap with him with an om- with a, a case like you'd see in a film, you know, when people are sort of hijacked or, or they're, you know, there's a kidnapping or something and it's, a, you know, use notes. He had a briefcase full of 50 pound notes and your man was peeling them off, giving them to the sheikh. The sheikh was going, thank you very much. Thank you very much. And this is apparently he'd done this before. So Bob was way ahead of the situation. So he got me and two other lads dressed as chefs immediately outside the lifts and as he left our sort of field of vision we actually ran around the back of the hotel down the steps out through the boot room and opened the door for him of the car so we were in different uniforms so it was a different 50 and of course he didn't recognize the face he didn't know who he was looking at he was just peeling these 50s off we must have made i'd say you know three or four grand in that transaction of him making his way through the lobby (laughs) phenomenal punter like you've never seen before and it was just confetti to him he didn't didn't care but yeah the the the, the, the links that, that my, buddy, my wow. buddy bob would go to 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 sort of suss somebody out was un, unreal but his, he his was he like okay you all you guys i'm organizing this I'm all you all have to give me like 10 pounds or something you know he's he was getting his cut or whatever he, he obviously he probably oh, no. made it no it was just money uh, for yeah, everybody no, because he worked actually what they called a trunk system. So um, everything went into the trunk, mm. as it was, which was a draw. And then depending on where you were, you would get points. So it was like a pyramid. There's, you know, 10 points at the top, an inverted pyramid, and then nine, eight, seven, six. So he'd work it out. And Bob was like, you know, this genius with cash and genius with, with maths. And he'd do it on the back of a fag packet. 
and he'd take himself off every Thursday morning. He'd go up to accounts and get your cash from um, your wages, which would have been about £110 clear in those days or something like that. Yeah. Max. And then he'd give you 250 on top. <laughs> wow. He was unbelie- unbelievable at milking people. He was just the best. Phenomenal. Well, I must, I must tell you the story about uh, a man who used to come in from Texas one day. Why can't uh, you tell I'll, it? I'll save that for another day. Okay. Wow. What a, what a, what a guy. Yeah. What a guy. Bob and the shake. For Bob. Yeah. The Bobster. Bobster died, unfortunately. Oh, here's to Bob. Yeah. In the, in the great big, he's on the concierge desk. He's, he's getting money off God every day. I'd say he's probably on the gate, you know, and Peter's gate or whatever. He's taking a tenner off. He's at the pearly gates. <laughs> he's got a lot of. He's got. He's got the angel Gabriel dressed up as a chef. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but he dressed people up as chefs, waiters, everything. Man, this this, this, ne- yeah. this sitcom needs to be written. Do you know what I mean? You've already described two classic scenes from this brilliant sitcom. Um, I just loved the fact that you 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 were chefs. Like the he really like. He could have been a theatre director, you know, yeah, because it, it was directed like the best West End stage show ever. We had the hats on and everything, the big hats, you know, the big white hats. I just I can't imagine the crack or the feeling or whatever. <laughs> the anxiety yeah. of ripping off the chef's gear, running around the back to mm. become the guys. The the, 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 the the door guy is at the door. That's fucking class. Because one of them, one one of us ran around. It was me that ran around and got the door for his wife on the other side of the vehicle. And then the other two lads who were dressed as chefs were sort of seen scurrying, putting bags into the back of the car, into the back of the limo. And uh, he's kind of like, a, you know, I, and he, it was all about him being seen tipping people. And yeah. The guys behind back, bring, bring to me, bring to me. And they're also <laughs> sw- <laughs> sweating in their luggage porter gear. Having done a quick like scene change yeah, at yeah. the back, it was like a share concert. Honestly, there's so many costumes. Oh my goodness! I do remember the thing about, uh, and I don't want to be racist here, but people who came, I think they most they looked like Arabs, but they they had the biggest bags and the heaviest bags. Oh. Like I was like, what were they? It was like it was as if they were just carrying gold bullions around with them. That, they were the. He- I remember one day. The lift broke and a lot of people arrived in that looked like they were from they were Arabs and they had like they'd have like <laughs> I don't know maybe fifteen bags or something each yeah yeah and yeah, but yeah. really like as if they just had brought everything plus the kitchen sink in these bags and they'd be mm-hmm. bursting at the seams but huge and you'd be lugging them up to each step by step like kadunk 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 yeah. Wow. And I don't know if you remember, they used to bring their um, cooks and people with them, and they would have um, they they would ring up and look for cable extensions, you know, extension cords for electricity, and uh, they would have the guys sitting outside the room with rice cookers going, ah, okay. setting off the fire alarm all the time. They bring every everything with them. They were great, really, sort of self sustaining, and yeah. you know. So, so that's what was in this case. They just had all their stuff for doing whatever. And every, every, every piece of clothing they own, they used to bring with them. <laughs> You're right, and it just you know it was just so heavy. And then they just go buy new stuff. And the amount of aftershave 
a lot of these guys would wear was phenomenal. It always smelled really good. Yeah, really, mm. really, really good smell. Really good. Yeah, like yeah, really yeah. good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Expensive. Dipped in Chanel. <laughs> oh, beautiful. Listen, Mike, I better let you go and do whatever okay. you got to do for the evening. But yeah, uh, Watch a bit of Netflix, I think. What's happening? Can I ask you what's happening with work now with this lock? I mean, you weren't going, you weren't due back anyway, were you? No, uh, I'd say the cliffs are shut. Um, they must be. You can't travel within outside of five kilometer radius yeah. now, so it's back to the bad days. And I think this is going to be till March. Uh, yeah, I think it's going to be February anyway, at least. Yeah, yeah back end of February to anybody does anything. I think and we I, should... I just hope I just hope they don't start going now. You know, ah, well, it'd be great to see. You know, Paddy's Day. We've already met. I just hope because we we've, we've made the mistake with Christmas. Yeah, we don't need to we make that mistake to... again. No, we don't. We need to be grown up about this. Well, Mike, look, we'll we'll keep in touch. The podcast will keep us going. It certainly will. It's keeping me going anyway. Me too. Me too, Mike. Yeah, all those fan letters, <laughs> all the cash we're making for us. The old bay seasoning. We just need to figure out a way of making. What would Bob do in this situation? How do we make cash? You know what I mean. We need to start. We need to start doing a podcast for sheiks. Sheik cast. Sheik cast. <laughs> we just talk about Rogers involved. Just to, to, to say sheik. <laughs> oh, good, okay. Mike. Enjoy your evening. And you. Love you so much. Great talking and, to you. Uh, good, good, good news with or good luck with the the WhatsApp group. That is yeah, uh, dri- it's going to drive me to drink in a shed, <laughs> crying with your liver extended. <laughs> good, luck. good luck. Bye, bye. See you, Mike. Bye, bye. Oh, Mikey, Mikey, Mike, Mike. Great. The shake story is beautiful. Poetry. It's a movie. It's a play. It's a production. It's uh, as soon as he writes that sitcom, the better. You know, I'm thinking Faulty Towers on E. <laughs> Faulty Towers on E. Yeah, be like Train Spotting meets Harbour Hotel. Yeah, crazy shit. Um, but yeah, Mike, write the book. Um, that's it, really. That was a good one. I enjoyed it. Enjoy chatting to Mike this week and. Uh, uh, I think we kicked 2020, uh, 2021 off with a good one. We will keep trying to deliver um, podcasts of a certain standard. You know, not too high, not too low. Good to go, as Tommy Tiernan says. Um, so, yeah, and uh, as always, if you enjoy it, there is a, uh, there is a contributor, con- contributors, whatever, <laughs> contributors link in the description of the podcast if you want to leave a few quid it's like not not huge money just you know 50 grand 250 grand whatever you can spare and uh, do like subscribe tell your friends and give us a rating all those things would be fantastic thank you very much for listening uh look 2021 2020's bit of a shit show 2021 already kicking off with a bit of a shit show we're all gonna be locked down for another month i'm seriously contemplating doing a podcast having to chat with Mike every day just to get us through it. I'll think about it. I think I need to think more about it. Anyway, listen, you enjoy yourself. Mind yourself. If you need to talk, do talk. 
If you need to reach out, reach out. My email address is always there. KeithWalsh.Walsh at gmail.com I might not be able to help you, but I'll be able to put you in touch with someone who can help. Don't suffer on your own, okay? Marco Halloran had, had him on as a guest. He said, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm obviously I'm here for women and men, but men with a terrible habit of backing ourselves into a corner that we feel we can't get out of. You can get out of it. Do reach out. Do talk to somebody. If you want to anonymously email me, I, I'm not going to share your whatever it is with anybody, so you can trust me. Do get in touch and mind yourselves. Good luck. See you later. See you later, everybody. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 